And now we prepare for the reading of the word. What a mighty God we serve. A God who's with us, always, within, who's with us in Jesus Christ, who's with us in creation and connection, and who is with us in the written words that we find in our scripture as they come to life with our spirit and become the word. So let us open ourselves in such a way to receive. Our first reading comes from Romans chapter 8, verses 12 through 17. And the Apostle Paul writes, So then, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation. But it isn't an obligation to ourselves to live our lives on the basis of selfishness. If you live on the basis of selfishness, you are going to die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the actions of the body, you will live. All who are led by God's Spirit are God's sons and daughters. You didn't receive a spirit of slavery to lead you back again into fear, but you received a spirit that shows you are adopted as his children. With this spirit, we cry, Abba, Father. The same spirit agrees with our spirit that we are God's children. But if we are children, we are also heirs. We are God's heirs and fellow heirs with Christ if we really suffer with him, so that we can also be glorified with him. Our second reading comes from our gospel we call John, verses, or chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. There was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a Jewish leader. He came to Jesus at night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could do these miraculous signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered, I assure you, unless someone is born anew, it's not possible to see God's kingdom. Nicodemus asked, How is it possible for an adult to be born? It's impossible to enter the mother's womb for a second time and be born, isn't it? Jesus answered, I assure you, unless someone is born of water and the Spirit, it's not possible to enter God's kingdom. Whatever is born of the flesh is flesh, and whatever is born of the Spirit is spirit. Don't be surprised that I said to you, you must be born anew. God's Spirit blows wherever it wishes. You hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it's going. It's the same with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said, How are these things possible? Jesus answered, You are a teacher of Israel and you don't know these things? I assure you that we speak about what we know and testify about what we have seen, but you don't receive our testimony. If I've told you about earthly things and you don't believe, how will you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has gone up to heaven except the one who came down from heaven, the human one. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so must the human ones be lifted the human one be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, so that everyone who believes in him won't perish, but will have eternal life. God didn't send his son into the world to judge the world but that the world might be saved 
through him. The word of God for the people of God. Please pray with me and please pray for me. Almighty God, it is you whom we seek. It is your truth, it is your way, it is your will. You have life to give. You bring us into joy, to peace, and to patience, and love, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, self-control. You do this. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be truly seeking you. And may this time be pleasing in your sight, for you alone are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So all this talk about spiritual stuff gets a little confusing at times, doesn't it? Or is it just me? Yeah. I mean, we can understand Jesus because Jesus was flesh and blood. We can look to the cross because it's an object we can see. But when we start talking about the Spirit, we aren't as sure. If you, ever, if you want proof, then go to somebody who goes to church and say, define the Holy Spirit. Or maybe I'll come to you after a service and say, tell me, define the Holy Spirit. And we'll go, uh, it's Trinity Sunday. Did you know that? We're back to white. It's Trinity Sunday. We're celebrating our triune God. Tri, three, un, union. Three, united, and one in relationship. So in our very God itself for creator, son, and spirit, we have a relationship, a movement, a self-giving, a love. It's always moving and always giving and receiving from one another. It is a union or as some of the ancient church fathers and mothers would say, it's a divine dance, and we're all invited. We're all invited to be in the divine dance, to give and receive with this triune God. It's a great image, isn't it? But can we define it? Ah, We always get stuck there. So I want to offer some different thoughts to help not give you the answer, sorry, Peanut, but to maybe maybe offer some various ways that you can find how it is you're being called. Because we're all being called differently. Are any two of us exactly the same? Would we all define God exactly the same? And is this a good thing? Yeah, maybe. It's even on purpose, right? So instead of trying to give you the answer, I just will offer some thoughts. So one of them is this idea of zimzum. You ever heard that? that phrase. It's a Hebrew thought, zimzum. There's a whole book on it, but that book's on marriage, but I think this pertains to all relationships. Zimzum is, so when I'm born, I have my, my kind of world, my internal thoughts and emotions and wants and desires and goals and who I am. And when I engage in relationship with somebody, I have to make room for that person, right? I have to kind of share my space a little bit, and then Actually, they're going to bring some of the stuff from their space into my world, and now we're going to be sharing some things in between us. It's going to shape my goals and my thoughts and who I am just a bit, which is why we say things like, who you hang out with will rub off on you. Right? It's this ancient idea of zimzum. And the idea comes all the way back from when God created. Right before God created, there was just God. God made room for creation and then shares a relationship with it. And Father, Son, Spirit, creation. 
There's now four things going on, yeah? And what kind of things are going on with God and what kind of things are going on with creation actually affect each other. It's this idea. And maybe you've been in a relationship where something happened, somebody said something, somebody did something that you didn't like, and you just carried it with you. And you never said a word about what they said or did, but you thought about it. Did it affect the relationship? How? It's because you brought it into the the shared space, the zimzum. And whether you spoke it or not, it affected it. And it's the same with our relationship with God. It's the same with our relationship with a spouse or a child or a friend. Any relationship we have, anything we bring into it is going to affect it, whether we ever voice it or not. The other person's going to feel it, whether they ever know what it is or not. You've walked into a room and you've just sensed the tension. Maybe it never even got voiced. Maybe some family dinners are tense. And there's something divine when we voice it, when you speak it forth, when you create truth, which means you've got to talk about it. But in that talking, there's healing, right? Hopefully. And we're in a relationship with this world as the church. What are we bringing to the world, and what are we allowing the world to bring to us? And we have to rethink that. If you're sure you know, chances are you're fooling yourself a bit. Amen? We have to be intentional. This is what prayer is. Prayer is praying and devoting ourselves to God, saying things like, not my will, but your will, which means I have to figure out what is my will that I'm so hung on to and what is your will that I need to hang on to because I need to be sorted out. I need to know that I'm forgiven and I need to know that I can forgive others because that's the only way I'm going to make this relationship healthy and good. That's the only way I'm going to be able to be the person you've created me to be instead of what I've allowed other people to bring into my world and my energy and my spirit. Nicodemus thought he had it figured out. Bless his heart, he's no different than many of us. We know you're a teacher, Jesus, because we know how to tell a teacher. We know you have fit into our box of what a teacher is, and we're going to contain you, and we want to understand you inside of our box. And Jesus says... What's going on blows your box out of the water. And it's not what it literally says. He starts talking about being born again, and Nicodemus has no idea how to grasp what he's offering. Nicodemus thinks that he has it figured out. And Jesus is trying to tell him, you don't. The religion that you follow, and you follow it faithfully as a Pharisee, as a leader of the Jews, your religion has become what your faith is in rather than your religion being how your faith is properly exercised for God. Your faith should be in God, not your religion. You need to rethink it. You need to wake up. You need to be made new. And we need the same message. We go along and we think we've got it figured out and we understand this faith and we understand all this stuff, these words that we use in church that are of an entirely different language. And we're so sure that we miss what the Spirit is doing around us. Jesus said, the Spirit of God comes and goes where it pleases. And we, don't, we can hear it. We know it's happening, but we don't know where it's headed. And it's the same for anybody in the Spirit. Are you willing to embrace the Spirit of God that might take you 
anywhere that might take you in the direction you never wanted to go. Are you prepared for that? Have you created enough space in who you are for the Spirit to come and run the show? Or are you just allowing your little box and expecting the Spirit to do its work there and safely and I can put you on the shelf when I want? I can open you up when I feel like it and I can close you and pretend you don't exist when I want to go and do whatever it is I want to do. I mean, how, how do you... What's your prayer life like? What's your spirit about? And how involved is the Holy Spirit in what you do that you call faith? I mean, how many times has the church been led in various and new directions and splits and merges? And we get pretty chaotic pretty quick, don't we? And I think it's because there are the Nicodemuses and there are the Nicodemus that ends up in the gospel who ends up embracing this. But we're one or the other. We're someone who we have the answers and you better operate with what we have or we're just open to the Spirit and we have faith that God will lead us. It's the same kind of relationship you get into with your family and friends. You need to be this for me and you need to only expect this from me. Does that go very well? Does it lead to a lot of tense family dinners, if any family dinners at all? We have a unique challenge. Anyone know our mission statement from the United Methodist Church? There are two sentences to the mission statement. The first one gets said all the time. And if you know it, you can just speak right along. To make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Say it with me. To make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. So we're to make disciples of Jesus Christ to transform the world. Do we transform the world? Jesus Christ in the Spirit, through the strength and presence of the Father, transforms the world. And we are to make disciples, people that say, I will follow Jesus Christ. I will welcome the Spirit. I'm going to make room. In fact, I'm all that the Spirit clear me out, if need be, to tell me what belongs in my goals and dreams and, and who I am and what doesn't. And when the Spirit comes and says, this doesn't belong, then you have a choice to make. Am I going to follow the Spirit as a disciple or am I not? The second line of our mission statement says this. Local churches and extension ministries of the church provide the most significant arenas through which disciple-making occurs. So it's us, this local church. There's a mission for the church, but we have a mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. So we need to be intentional. We need to wake up every morning and say, I want to be a part of making disciples for Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And I want everything that I do today to aid that. That may mean that I go and do my job as I'm called to do it in a way that's loving, in a way that's truthful, in a way that I will engage people. And I won't be afraid to say the name Jesus. I don't have to say it, but I'm not afraid to say it. But I'm going to live in a way that reflects my faith. Rather than allowing that atmosphere to impact what I'm all about in the moment, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have daily, minute, consistent, 
unceasing conversation with God about keep me yours, keep me yours, keep me yours, transform me, because I can't transform the world unless I've transformed within. And this is our charge, to take up the cross. Any part of you that doesn't belong, we have to say no to it. If we can't get things right in our heart, then every relationship we step into is not going to be aided in our mission statement to make disciples of Jesus Christ. So we have to pray. It's on us. We don't go to the world and tell them to be different. That's not the mission statement. We go different. We go spirit-led, not spirited, lowercase s, spirit-led in prayer. And if somebody does us wrong and it brings this turmoil into our spirit, then we work with God and we say, help me forgive, Lord. I want you to forgive and I'm going to forgive. And those go hand in hand. I want forgiveness, Lord. I'm You've probably forgiven me for much worse. I think I can forgive them. And you let it go so that that relationship becomes better because of you. You should always improve every relationship you're in. You should be Jesus Christ, as Bishop Trimble said, for everybody you encounter. You may be the only version of Jesus they ever get, and I might say, Lord, help me if that's the truth for me, but you might be. And we need to have faith that God chose us for a reason. Did God choose you? God chooses us. And we have everything we need to know on that cross. For God so loved the world. Loved the world. Agape. A love that is only for the benefit of the other. Jesus didn't die on the cross for his benefit. Jesus died on the cross for our benefit. And so we live and move and act and be with everyone around us for their benefit, not for ours. And that's how we reflect the love of God. And if we stay prayerful, if we stay intentional, we can do this. I can't do it on my own. I need you. And you need the rest of us. And this local church can transform the world. Do you believe? So how will you live into your mission today? Don't look at your whole life and think, oh my goodness, how am I going to stop everything? No, just today, what can you do where you're called to go, wherever you're at? Say a prayer whenever you arrive anywhere. All right, God, you called me here. What can I do? How can I make it better? How can I stop in my busyness and make room for others? How can I be a source of agape love for you? How can I allow the Spirit to direct me? How will you offer yourself to God today? Hopefully to be used for the transformation of the world and hopefully to show love. And we, we have to have faith that God has said, you are enough. Are you enough, Paula? Ha! <laughs> you hear the, it's hard to say that. Are you enough, Sandra? Yeah, you see the hesitation? You see why we struggle? It's real. When we say the Lord's Prayer, we say, forgive us our trespasses. We're not saying it like, well, hopefully it's true. We're saying it because we know it will be true. Just as we say, we'll forgive others because we know it will be true. That's when they say, believe the good news, believing that you are enough for God. Are you enough? I got one.
Let go of your past. We've all messed up. We've all been there. Let's go or let go of what you think you've done to offend God. Let go of what others have done to offend you. Embrace the reality of the triune God who's in relationship and calls you into the holy spiritual connection. The Creator, the Son, the Spirit who invite you to be in relationship. To be a source of redemption and transformation. To be transformed into something new within that we may go and transform the world. We can do this. You know how I know? Because of Jesus Christ. And it may take you all day to to think through this and think, do I really believe this? And that's okay. God never says, you got to know it all right now. No, God says, just walk with me and let me transform you. Let's start there. Will you let God transform you? Good. Well, let's, that's easier. Well, let's pray together. Lord, you invite us into this relationship before we even have a clue what we're saying yes to. And that's hard. But we can look to the people around us who have this joy, who have this way, this spirit about them. And we can see that they have a relationship with you. So even if we just start by engaging those around us whom we want to, to have a life like, God, I know that that's good enough. That's good enough. You welcome us where we are. And I thank you that your grace and mercy are so abundant. And as we celebrate your spirit, and as we try to understand what our spirits are, Lord, I thank you for the ways you're already there working. And for the ways if we just let go of what it is we think we know, that you'll show us all that we can come to know. We do this together, Lord, and I thank you that you have us as a church, that we are united, that it is one body of believers, that we're not asked to do this on our own. In fact, we're encouraged not to. So I ask you to be with my sisters and brothers. Help us to encourage one another, to hold each other accountable. Help us to journey together toward you, knowing that in every misstep we make along the way, as long as we are headed toward you, we are, we are going the right direction. Lord, I just give you thanks and praise in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, who empowers us with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Mm-hmm.